again, everybody. This is John Norris at Trading Perspectives. As always, our good friend Sam Clement, who is right here by me. Sam, say hello. Hey, John. You doing okay today? Doing great. Fantastic. I always ask you, what are you going to do this weekend? Not sure. It's a little early. It, a little well, early it is a little bit early. No, you know, but you still, you know, young man such as yourself, undoubtedly you've got some plans, don't you? Not really. Maybe yeah. play some golf. Well, there you have it. I, I, I would imagine you're a sharp, clean-cut person. I would imagine some of your plans will not involve what the topic of this week's trading perspectives is. What's the topic? Well, uh, this week we're going to talk about marijuana, specifically marijuana, mar- marijuana stocks, pot stocks, so-called pot stocks, and what the overall likelihood for this it's nascent sort of acceptance of marijuana in general, what it means for the legal community and maybe even what it means for the economy of the United States. Sam, your thoughts? I've been surprised how positively I've seen people react to these pot stocks. It's actually not just positively. People I mean, people, everyone wants in. Flat out enthusiastic about it and people that I never would have thought of. Uh, this week, and as Sam well knows, one of our clients uh, sent in a wish list of uh, various companies that we we would or could or should or uh, buy for for this individual. And Sam, what were they all? They were all pot stocks. <laughs> whether whether it's pharmaceutical companies, I think some of them were more recreational than others. Yeah, but recreational. I, you know, what's funny about it is I've known this particular individual for most of my life, and I would I'd be willing to bet you all of your money, Sam. Uh, every last time that you have, I'd be willing to bet it that uh, this man is not a, uh, a marijuana smoker, nor uh, <laughs> either now or in the future, or maybe ever ever in his life. However, he does see the opportunity to make some money, and that's what has kind of been interesting about this. Because when I was growing up, I don't mind telling you, Sam, I'm an older individual than you are. Marijuana was more accepted than it was perhaps in my parents' day, but still it was a certain measure of taboo associated with Davy, reefer, whatever you want to call it, uh, San Francisco tobacco, all that good <laughs> stuff. Um, there was still a certain amount of taboo with it, so I have found it interesting over the last really about, what, five years, six years? Yeah. This conversation has turned from legalization to, oh my gosh, how are we going to make a buck on this? Well, it's kind of funny. You see, everyone wants to make a buck. I mean, even if no one wants to fire it up, they want to make a bunch of people, all that. Which leads me to this. Obviously, California has passed legalization of some sort. I mean, mostly. I mean, recreational use. I mean, you can't walk around with a 10-pound bag of dope around your neck, but you can have it. You're not going to get busted. I think that's what some people imagine that when (laughs) when you say legalization. Uh, Other states have done so. Uh, Canada, uh, our neighbor to the great uh, white north, on a national level, it has been legalized, although the individual provinces, not states, but provinces, uh, can make up their own determination on that. Um, and here in the United States, it's not just California. We have Colorado, other states where they have legalized it, which, Sam, as you know, led to a conversation that we had yesterday. What is the likelihood that it ever becomes, say, legal here in Alabama, Mississippi, other, other more conservative, let's call them red states as sure. opposed to blue states. What is the likelihood, do you think, that at some point the economies of scale, just the sheer supply, and the acceptance in more traditionally blue states all of a sudden swamps the supply, just simply right. swamps the red state's ability to enforce their own drug laws. Well, I think the an important clarification in this is the difference between legalization and decriminalization, which we've seen yes. decriminalization in some 
quote unquote red states. I know. Um, not sure if it's just the Atlanta Metroplex area or if it's the state as a whole, but it's been decriminalized. So. Well, I, w- I would say Atlanta is kind of a a blue city and yeah, a red sure. city. It's kind of a purple sure. place. But anyways, that's an important <laughs> clarification that we're making that is between the full-on legalization of it, which <clears throat> I would argue is where you start to see economic benefit. I mean, more economic benefits from it. Companies are able to, you know start themselves in those states compared to just, okay, we're not going to punish people as much for using it. Well, I think it's interesting, the, the discussion between legalization and decriminalization. I mean, people, particularly here in our state, which is traditionally a more conservative state, a red state, uh, maybe even considered sort of like just way far, far right with this so all like this a, stuff like never a crimson happen. color. I, I mean, a crimson color, yes, and that's probably very difficult for you to say having gone to Auburn University. Um, and people have asked me, truthfully, uh, what's the likelihood that this will ever be legalized here in the state? And I said, medical marijuana or something along those lines, probably that's not that much of a stretch in terms of recreational use. I don't think the state will ever have to legalize it. It will just be decriminalized, if not in fact, then certainly in practice. And and the, the analogy I use or the examples that I use are Alabama has a number of dry counties, a number of dry jurisdictions. And you can go to any number of these and you'll find any number of drinkers. I mean, people that will drink beer and just like nobody's business. Um, however, it's dry uh, where they live. They're not really supposed to have it. It's against the law to transport it into their county, but they have it nonetheless. However, why in the world aren't the law enforcement authorities in these various jurisdictions, these counties, these cities, why are they are just ringing everyone up? I mean, they could do so if they wanted to. Right. It's but just you never see that. You never yeah. see that. It's the capacity, the law enforcement's capacity to enforce their own laws is just simply swamped in a lot of these jurisdictions. And if they even want to. And if they even want to. And I would say, at some point, marijuana, whether or not it's legalized or not here in Alabama and other jurisdictions, it's it's going to be so prevalent that the cops won't be able to enforce their own, yeah. uh, uh, their, their own laws. I could see it kind of like what we were talking about with Atlanta happening. Maybe some cities themselves, maybe the city of Birmingham decriminalizing it, but the state not fully decriminalizing it yet. Well, there, that's, that's I mean, I think the state as a whole is going to probably fight tooth and nail over this. Well, it's going to fight tooth and nail, and ultimately it may win, but it's still going to lose. It may win the battle, but it's going to lose the war. Almost like I would say that the state is winning the battle on the lottery or not having one, but it's losing the war because a lot of folks, and we've talked about it, Sam, I know you don't buy lottery tickets, but plenty of people in the state of Alabama buy lottery tickets. Right. People who want to play the lottery in Alabama will play the lottery in Alabama. And you'd think we'd get a lottery before they would fully legalize marijuana, don't you? Don't you think that's like a stepping stone towards it? <laughs> well, that's a, I mean, I've always, <laughs> I've always heard of marijuana being a gateway drug. I've never heard of uh, lottery, lottery being, being the gateway, but there so you Don't you think that's I, you a little know. easier for some people to swallow getting a lottery than fully legalizing marijuana one would imagine but stranger things and stranger bedfellows um in montgomery there have been yeah i guess i'm not down in montgomery i i I mean i would imagine be very difficult for montgomery to get either thing through i one would think it would make sense that the state would pass a lottery uh before it passed the legalization of marijuana uh because it could probably make more money on a lottery than it could on even the taxation of marijuana right. because that will take me into the next step. 
while companies will be able to make money on medical marijuana, make the oils necessary for the vaporizers or the lotions or even the even the oral supplements or what have you, and that be very concentrated, very controlled by the FDA, that is one thing that doctors will be able to prescribe and what have you. The legalization of recreational marijuana, I think, is going to be a heck of a lot harder for corporations and therefore uh, jurisdictions to make money on because it's going to be far more difficult to tax. I think that's going to be a little bit dif- different because I don't think all of a sudden there's going to be a bunch of a bunch of companies all of a sudden just growing a bunch of weed, you know, and just selling it, you know, in packs like they do tobacco. Um, I think people just frankly start growing it themselves. Uh, you know, you would buy the you would buy the the pack of doobage, you know, or whatnot joints <laughs> like you would a cigarette. I, I don't even I can't even envision this. Uh, undoubtedly, there'd be some seeds in there or something like that, and you just start growing your own. What are your thoughts on that? So, I guess your argument would be if I brought up, okay, well, people, most people don't brew their own beer, even though you can go and do that. Beer companies are alive and well and growing. Would you say it's just that ease of creating your own that that kind of differs that from the beer and, industry, and, beer and, and, and liquor? That, and that's what I would say. I mean, there would still be some people that could uh, grow more effectively, more efficiency, more efficiently a higher quality product, but it still also will be much easier to grow a plant in some sunlight than it is to make five gallons of beer. Um, strangely enough, you might not know this about me, back in the early 90s when I lived in Maryland, I actually used to brew my own beer. And so I know the steps are involved with that. And I will tell you, it's not a complicated process. It's not a complicated process at all uh, if you did it the way I did it. Now, some people go down, they you know grind their own grain and really get down into it and measure the gravity and all that stuff. And you do that, it becomes very time and labor time labor intensive. And even you can spend a heck of a lot more money on a small batch of beer brewing at your house than what you would spend going buying the same stuff. Sure, at, at but you're store. probably getting a little more utility out of it, those, it's a, those people it's a that hobby. are doing that. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a hobby. It's a, they're it's, not just paying for yeah. the beer itself. It's not, that, that's not the reason why they're, they're brewing the beer for the, you know, for the you know, drive down unit, yeah. <laughs> unit costs. They're doing it for, for the hobby aspect of it. Whereas I would imagine, I certainly have no idea that growing a pot plant probably is just not It's got to be a little easier. I mean, one would think, I don't know. I mean, I've real, I've, I could not tell you. But that's what I think. I think you know. I think it'll be harder to make money on the recreational marijuana. I think a lot of money will be flowing into a lot of these stocks initially, if we ever get to that point. Just such an economy of scale across the entire entire country, and then all of a sudden the money will flow right, right. back out as the growth rates won't be there because one, the demand might not be there. Truthfully, the demand might not be there, and that where the the anticipated demand might not be there, and then two there'll be other ways of of getting the product to the population. Yeah, you see some of these valuations on these companies that are coming out now, and it kind of reminds me of what went on with Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, you know, basically just having that in your name or saying you are going to do that just blows your valuation out of the water. Are you drawing a correlation between cryptocurrencies and maybe marijuana users? Maybe the only people that would, I don't know. I mean, what are you trying to say here? I'm just saying, you're seeing some of these valuations <laughs> just by putting that word in their yeah. company name or saying that they might specialize in this. Their stock price, you see some of them double and triple in a couple days. Well, it certainly is, though, I mean, I, I hate using this phrase, but it certainly is, though, 
seems as though America has caught some pot fever or something along those lines because as kind of going back a few steps now, going back to our client that asked us to purchase all these pot stocks for them, uh, I have spoken to people from your age to people truly in their 80s who are curious about pot stocks and, you know, are they a good investment and what have you. And people are are far more open talking about this now. And the acceptance level is unbelievable. It, it has shocked me. I mean, it's absolutely surprised me just how accepted people are of talking about this stuff. Whereas five years ago, 10 years ago, you bring up, a, hey, I'm going to buy you, I'm going to buy you a, even a medical marijuana stock in your portfolio. <laughs> no, you aren't. Yeah. No, you're not. I'm not going to deal with that. And now people are like, why aren't you doing this? Yeah. That's how, that's how the entire discussion has changed. And it's kind of fascinating to me. It's kind of fascinating to me because, you know, when I was growing up, and maybe even, if, if, I mean, five, ten years ago, when since you've been noticing this type of stuff, there was a certain taboo, as I mentioned, and that taboo for the marijuana user was kind of like um, a Grateful Dead fan. You know, yeah. Jerry Garcia, yeah. slovenly slacker type. That's not to say that was just the stereotype. Not everyone that... that, that Smoke marijuana occasionally was a complete slacker in the near way. None of that stuff, but that's certainly what the that's the picture that was that painted. was the picture that was painted. Whereas now, I dare say that that picture, at worst, is almost as though a barista type thing. The people, the people selling stuff in stores in Colorado, to now even a lab coat wearing technician in some sort of manufacturing facility that makes high quality oil for the for the. Uh, medical community. Yeah, it's it interesting how that picture shifted, has changed. It's certainly shifted from kind of the drags, that's strong, sorry, uh, the drags to all of a sudden it is everybody. Now, now everybody. And I wonder whether or not, I mean, seriously, the perception and the reality, I think, are kind of divorced here. I, even if Alabama were to decriminalize. And by, by decriminalization, I'm not sure we've, we've kind of finished that up. Decriminalization is just... It's you know, still illegal. It's still illegal. It's almost like getting a parking ticket. You know, you're not going to be thrown to the clinic. You just, you just get a ticket. You yeah. pay the fine. Pay the fine. What happened? I, I, I don't think that stuff goes on your record even. I, you know, I mean... I don't know. For, but for, either for, way... For years, I was told stuff was going to go on my permanent record. I really don't know where this permanent <laughs> record is. I'm 50 years of age. And if there's a file somewhere, I'm sure the CIA has it. Somewhere. I don't... I've never seen it. But they, my goodness, my parents scared me with that with that permanent record nonsense. I'm not sure. Did your parents scare you with that type of stuff? Yeah. Well, there you have it. Well, I, I'm going to tell you now. I'm old enough to be your dad. There is no <laughs> such thing as your permanent record. <laughs> not, not that I can, not that I can, I, uh, not that I'm aware of. And I apologize, Mr. Miss Clement, for for letting your son son in on that parenting trip. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, but 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 going back to it, the decriminalization will likely happen and that's maybe strangely enough that might be where municipalities make their money off of marijuana as opposed to taxing taxing packet packages of joints or what have you it's actually from not the legalization of but the decriminalization of where they're, they're passing out 20 and 50 dollar fines your thoughts it's interesting i don't know i mean it just depends like we talked about with bringing alcohol back into your county lines the willingness of the police, of the government to enforce those things. I mean, you see, you know, decriminalization kind of seems like a, a halfway step, a way to kind of legalize it without having to fully legalize it. So in that area, do they even want to criminalize it? Do they even want to punish people at all for it? Or is that just their way of kind of working around and legalizing it? Well, perhaps this is a, well, let me riddle me this one. Perhaps if, even if it, 
were be legalized in Alabama at the state level, and the, and the states were to say it is on the county level, a la just alcohol, the way alcohol is in our state. It's legal within the state, but yeah. individual jurisdictions have their own authority on that. I could Maybe I could envision states such as Alabama, a lot of red states, the state capital saying it is legal on the state level, but local jurisdictions have their own authority to do whatever they want. And then we'll have dry, dry counties, dry, and then... But it won't be dry. Be I, I don't know. You definitely see some more counties. But 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 what you will have there is those counties, like say a Blount County in Alabama or some other dry county, where the law enforcement authorities actually make money by busting people. Not everyone, but enough where that's how they make their money on the legalization or decriminalization of marijuana, as opposed to taxing it. And that's where that 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 will that to me will be interesting how that plays out over time. Would they make more money by decriminalizing exactly. it than just keep it how it is now, though, fully criminalized? Well, they would actually, this is where we have a cost-benefit analysis. Right now, they catch someone, they're not only going to find them, they're going to throw them in the clink, right? Right. Uh, it costs money to keep people in the clink. And then they go to the court system, and then all of a sudden you have some guy, some, you know, some hapless guy with a, a few uh, ounces of, of weed, uh, we, the society has spent thousands upon thousands of dollars about prosecuting them, and then even more thousands and thousands of dollars to keep them uh, clothed and, and, and fed three times a day. I've, I've read somewhere it takes fifteen to $20,000 a year to keep someone in, in prison or state or, or, or jail. So all of a sudden, you get that $100 fine out of the guy. You're still getting that $100 fine, but you don't have any of the costs of uh, incarcerating that person and keeping them through the court system. I guess you could even up that fine, kind of whatever you want to. There you have it. It's interesting. Take it to 250 bucks. What other option do you have? <laughs> that might actually be a, a bigger deterrent. Yeah. Take it to 250 bucks. Heck, 500. Well, shoot, I feel as though we're, we're, uh, we're not trade perspectives. We're working on a solution. Yeah. <laughs> With that, guys, we're running very short on time here today. Uh, you know, this is certainly not the be-all and end-all in discussion about marijuana stocks or just the legalization or decriminalization of marijuana, cannabis, whatever you want to call it, throughout our society. However, it is interesting that we are even having this discussion. Someone my age, 50 years of age, Gen X, uh, early part of Gen X, would have never dreamt that this would have been a discussion even in midlife, that we'd be talking about this on a serious level, not just talking about it, but actually trying to figure out ways to make money off of it. And having people who are well into their 80s no longer say, sitting there saying, gee whiz, I don't want this, but how can we profit from it? So it's very interesting what's going on. It's a sea change on just overall public perception of marijuana or cannabis, whatever, again, whatever you want to call it. So with that, Guys, thank you all so much for listening. We love to hear from our listeners. So if you have any questions or comments, please let us know. You can always send us an email to tradingperspectives at oakworthcapital.com, or you can leave us a review on the podcast outlet of your choice. If you like what you heard today, please, by all means, go out and tell your friends, neighbors, and loved ones uh, about what you heard. If you don't, want, if you didn't like it, by all means, go out there and tell people that you didn't like. Just go out there and tell folks what you heard here on Trading Perspectives. If you're interested in hearing more of what we have to say or how we think, you can check out our blog, Common Sense, underneath the Thought Leadership tab at oakworthcapital.com. So I guess, Sam, I guess I could uh, kind of close this, uh, this uh, episode of um, Trading Perspectives with, <laughs> so dude. <laughs> so dude dude how are you feeling about the pot stocks man i'm feeling pretty good about them <laughs> i'm feeling pretty good me too buddy with that guys thank you all so much for listening y'all take care